developer marketing, you know, there's a whole kind of, I guess there's a whole community building aspect to it. When all your peers are using a set tool, then you're more inclined to be like, hey, look, you know, I am also, and they develop this connection with the tool. Um, I mean, some of these examples would be like GitHub, for example. Everybody uses GitHub. There's GitHub is not the only tool that provides, you know, set services, right? Um, Postman, another API testing tool. Again, you know, there's a huge following just because it was easy to use and their peers love it. You're listening to Paris Talks Marketing. My goal with this podcast is to dig deeper into digital marketing success than any other marketing podcast out there, to reveal the growth marketing strategies and tactics that are working today, empowering growth at amazing companies and organizations. Keep listening as I interview founders, CEOs, and marketing leaders from all around the world, primarily from companies in the tech and software as a service industries. Now, on with the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Paris Talks Marketing. And today I am with William Vong, who's the head of marketing at Symbol.ai, which is one of the leading conversation intelligence platforms. And we're going to learn a lot about this really hot space today. So, uh, William, welcome to the show. Thank you. Do you want to start us off by just telling us a little bit about, about yourself and also about Symbol? .ai? Sure. So I'll start with Symbol.ai and then that makes more sense, you know, before I go into what I do there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Symbol.ai, as you mentioned, we're a conversation intelligence platform. We mainly cater to developers. Um, in a nutshell, what we really do is we build AI that understands natural human conversations. Um, and developers can use our platform to build amazing applications and AI-driven experiences when there's conversations involved. Um, Conversations occur in many different situations and across different channels. For example, right now, you know, Paris, um, we're both having a conversation right now, right? Uh, we can analyze this conversation via AI or, you know, a call center, um, mm-hmm. a webinar, a sales call, you know, telehealth, online learning. These are all conversations that provide a lot of insights uh, that we don't think about on a day-to-day basis. And with Symbol.ai or a similar platform, uh, developers can build a lot of more intelligent and unique and personalized experiences based on the insights they gather, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we can go into details of what that means later if um, if that's something that interests everyone. And, Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. I'd love and it actually if you had if you had any example, some kind of a tangible tangible example of a really creative use use case for Symbol AI that somebody's somebody's done something really cool and interesting. Uh Creative. I mean, that's a very uh, <laughs> that's a very uh, subjective uh, right. term. But uh, I can share some common use cases. Would be like, for example, call centers. Mm-hmm. They, you know, a lot of big companies with big call centers think of your cable provider or cell phone provider. There's, you know, thousands upon thousands of agents dealing with customers on a daily basis, right? And as somebody who is managing those call centers or customer support or customer service, I would probably want to know, you know, how many times do customers get frustrated or how many times are they satisfied. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know those agents do ask for a survey at the end, but sometimes those things are I either don't answer them or I just check everything because I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But based on your conversation in real time, I, with something like Symbol.ai, AI, we can detect um, sentiment, for example, based on what you're saying, how you're saying it. We know if you are if it's a positive experience or negative experience. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we can kind of detect things like if a customer is intru- potentially churning or they're interested in upgrading their plan. These are all based on 
what we call a contextual understanding engine uh, within our platform. So mm-hmm. oftentimes speech recognition comes with, I recognize all the words that you say, but I meaning the machine, but we don't know, you know, what you mean really. We just understand the words. We take that translated text. Mm-hmm. Uh, where simple provides value is we take all that text and now we analyze all the words that are said, spoken between the agent and the customer and the context it was spoken in. Then we kind of extract all the insights out of that and sentiment is a very common use case. Um, other things would be if questions are asked, common questions, common features, common reasons why someone's frustrated. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we can definitely detect all of that. And then obviously um, in the sales use case, so I'm not sure if you know, you've heard of Gong, which is also a huge conversation intelligence-driven sales platform. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. They've completely developed their technology in-house, I think. Um, they don't use us. They're not customers of us. Um, but, you know, in the sales world, again, you know, having that insight into a customer's intent, um, you know, that's part of conversation intelligence, right? If someone is mm-hmm. ready to sign a contract, are they interested in, in a particular feature? Um, and on top of that, you know, the person in charge of sales now can use all the insight to coach their sales team. Like when you mention certain things or not mention certain things, your probability of closing an opportunity is a lot higher. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the inside part, but also using it to trigger a workflow. So, you know, in a sales kind of engagement platform example, if pretend you're my customer today or my prospect, then you say something about, oh, key feature A versus two, who are the competitors? In the UI itself, there's a slider that pops up that lists everything, all the competitors, all the pricings, and why the features are different. Because the AI picked that up and detected this is what the customer wants to discuss. Um, mm-hmm. And as a salesperson now, I don't have to dig through my notes or you know, kind of <laughs> have an awkward silence. Let me look this up or get back to you. Everything so is there. William, you're referring to this is happening in real time. So if, if a salesperson gets a difficult question or an objection, uh, is this is is symbol able to surface a, a, an appropriate response that can allow that person to react and respond in real time? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, in real time. Um, obviously, we can process everything post as well, but real time is really the value here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we're having this conversation right now, we can have live captioning. That's a real time kind of you know conversation intelligence. Um, yeah. Piece as well. Yeah. It's awesome. So many I think uh, symbol yeah. symbol in those cases should, maybe should get a, a little slice of the of the sales quota of the the commission. Huh? <laughs> if you if you get somebody out of a tight spot, <laughs> yeah. help, help close deals. Yeah, it's kind of funny to just imagine where this is headed because I, I know all about Gong and another company that we we've been watching closely is called Chorus Chorus AI. Yep. You probably mm-hmm. have. I heard of those those two. Yep. I think they're really blazing a trail uh, for for natural language processing and conversation intelligence. And it looks like we're starting to really turn the corner, technologically speaking, because I know that the technology has been around for a while, but it just feels like now, quite recently in the last couple of years, this this is starting to become very very useful and and even useful in real time. So uh, th- this is an exciting space. Yeah, it's starting to appear in more than, you know, the traditional kind of verticals that use conversation intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. But to answer your uh, question earlier, what I do there, like you said, I'm head of marketing. I lead mm-hmm. all of the marketing efforts here uh, around acquisition, engagement. When I say engagement, kind of making sure our customers don't churn and retain them. Um, also, mm-hmm. the developer relations team as well is um, under my management. Um, just to provide a little bit more clarity, what that means is... Um, you know, as an extension of our marketing efforts, we also have developer relations who engage developers directly in helping them solve objective problems of how to build certain applications, use various APIs. Um, 
answer their questions when they're building on you know popular platforms with our technology. Um, mm -hmm. So no marketing there. It's really just hey, look, here's the documentation. Here's the how-to. This is the demo. Here's the code. <laughs> really okay. just solving the problem itself. Is part of your developer relations supported by the the content marketing on your blog, and and just providing uh, content that they can access and find? They actually support the content marketing on the blog. A lot of the blog articles we have are how tos and really detailed articles about how certain applications work. Uh, that's provided mm -hmm. by the devrel team. Actually, they write them. Okay. Um, it gets down to even you know how specific APIs could or could not be used. Um, just really useful things to answer someone's question directly. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier churn managing churn rates. And I want to dig into that a little bit. Uh, most this is such a huge KPI for most B two B SaaS companies. Uh, would you mind sharing with with us what is the current what is the current churn rate? That's a really hard um, metric for us to define currently. Um, as you know, we're a pretty new startup, right? We're an early stage startup. Mm -hmm. There's not churn per se because we do have um, so none of our paid customers have churn. I can answer that. So zero percent. But we mm -hmm. also have developers because we provide free credits and you know a trial account, and now we're offering a freemium account. So there's not really churn mm -hmm. per se, but um, there is a more active kind of uh, usage percentage. So all the active developers constantly working um, within our platform, we can say mm -hmm. that's about thirty to forty percent. Um, okay, and this depends on what they're building. Sometimes you don't need to actively do anything. You know, once you plug the API in, you know, it's it's just running on your application. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a good amount of developers who are just exploring the technology. Um, they're using it for various experiments on their platform or their product or whatever projects they're working on. There's also student developers um, because anyone who knows how to use an API can sign up for an account and kind of okay. see how it all works. So we having, I don't have any deep insights into kind of how we segment all of that based on the active users. Um, but in general, mm -hmm. it's about 30, 40% um, active users. So of the of the entire freemium base, about between thirty to forty percent are actively using the product. Correct. Uh, this doesn't include all the paid awesome. customers because they that's mm -hmm. a, obviously a different thing. So okay, and of those thirty to forty percent who are active, are you are you analyzing or observing any signals of product usage that would indicate that they are good prospects for upselling into paid plans? Yeah. Um, if they're actively using the transcription layer, which is really the first layer of conversation intelligence, you have to, your application has to understand what, you know, the humans are saying. So transcribing that to text, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them start experimenting with the next layer, which is we call contextual insights, doing simple things like generate auto summarizing a conversation, for example. So you and I mm -hmm. are probably gonna have an hour long conversation today, but you probably don't run to read the entire transcript. You just want to have a summary, like, you know, a paragraph. Mm -hmm. Um, or if they do things like, oh, what are some of the follow-ups, for example? So you and I, you might have some follow-ups for me, or I might have some follow-ups for you. The AI services that. Those are really simple, right? They, the mm -hmm. AI itself just auto-generates that um, if you choose to have that working. Okay. Um, a lot of where they are not going into is kind of, we have a third layer called domain-specific intelligence, where it allows you to configure the AI a little bit to, to, to kind of track and monitor what's specific to your business, your application, or your use case. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, if you're selling, I don't know, I'm making this up totally. Um, aerospace software, the terminology for that type of software is probably different than someone using a marketing software. So you probably want to track mm -hmm. the terminology there, right? Um, and kind of service up what is some of the user intent um, or likelihood of 
closing or upselling in this case. Mm-hmm. So when they get into that second layer, um, this is a long-winded answer. When they get start getting the second layer, that's kind of a good indicator that you know this is a good potential developer who's working on something that's real, um, and they're likely to more likely to sign up for a free account or not, mm-hmm. a paid account uh, or upgrade their account. You know, we we our experience is pretty self-serviceable. You can just put your credit card and upgrade yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, if you were able to observe these these second layer events, let's say. Are you able to take that, I would consider this really valuable first-party data that you're capturing in the product usage itself, are you able to use that for the benefit of acquisition marketing, meaning that uh, are you able to feed that data to, say, Google Ads and have them bid for those events instead of just free trial starts? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean... Let me try to answer your question correctly. So I guess the way I'm interpreting yes and no, yes, meaning I can make it more personalized. For example, um, beyond transcription, right? A lot of people are looking for that because that's what they're going. We notice developers are starting to head towards that direction where they go beyond speech recognition. So that mm-hmm. in itself is a general category, right? What else can I do after transcribing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Two, I can get a bit, bit more specific. Um, you know, generalizing, gen, um, generating conversation topics, for example, is something that we've noticed is a trend that people look for specifically. And a lot of developers kind of venturing in that realm is starting to kind of experiment with. And what I mean by that is, you know, after the entire conversation is done, it processes it. It gives you all the topics we've discussed today and even subtopics under those topics. Um, that's super useful for like... If, if you have to process, uh, you probably do these recordings all the time, right? And in the future, you mm-hmm. probably want to search a particular video with a particular topic, then that's when it comes into useful, right? Uh, there's a lot of search and indexing use cases. Mm-hmm. So we notice that topics is something that people search for, and then we can just have ads that are just kind of that as a general offer, right? Um, versus just okay. conversation intelligence as a whole. To a lot of people, what does that mean? Because it's still a very new area in AI. <laughs> Yeah, um, but if we were to get the specific co- uh, problems or solutions they're looking for, so topics is a common thing that people are using and looking for. Uh, Summarization—that's mm-hmm. when we kind of channel all of that in. Um, and then the other part of your question is: Do we can we get people to convert based on that? That is not a guarantee because with developers, a lot of times, and you know, let's face it, we're not like a giant brand like Google Cloud or anything like that. We're a startup; not we don't really have much brand recognition. Mm-hmm. Getting people to sign up for a free account um, definitely, definitely helps, right? Even with a free account, we don't all require credit cards and stuff. People are still hesitant. Why would I want to sign up for an account? Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps in that regard. In terms of like converting someone to a paid customer, a lot of that has to do with their experience of what was it like when they're using the free trial, the free tool, and did they see value? Um, and then that's where the engagement piece also comes in, where all that content we create, um, some of the mm-hmm. live streaming sessions our DevRel team does, helps people understand how to better use conversation intelligence. Um, And that's when they see the value and they're like, oh, wow, cool. This is a real deal. And I can definitely use this to kind of have an edge on whatever the competing product they're working against. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I also can see from the pricing page that the free account is limited to 1,000 minutes and uh, and 10,000 words per month. And I guess also that's another big uh, that's another big signal that if people are bumping up against those limits, uh, well, they could probably a lot of them will naturally upgrade themselves, but um, this could also be a, a sign that uh, in addition to the more advanced use cases of the second order, um, as you call them, second level uh, types of events like transcripts and 
and advanced summaries of these conversations. I guess just the simple volume, the volume also would indicate that they are, they need more, uh, they need more minutes, they need more words. So they, they're going to have to graduate up to a paid plan. Is that right? Yeah, that is the obvious one um, to a paid plan. But what have to, what have, that doesn't tell the entire story, right? Um, there are developers who are just looking for a transcription tool, which we're not the only provider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there are a lot of providers out there who only do the transcription piece. And because we offer a thousand minutes, um, I don't, I don't believe don't, uh, I might be incorrect on this, but I don't believe anybody else out there provides a thousand minute per month for free forever, <laughs> like we do mm-hmm. to developers. So that's why that's also another reason of popularity, but we also have to look at what they do with conversations that have been transcribed. That kind of mm-hmm. But you're right. If someone is exceeding those minutes, we do definitely engage them for, you know, have you thought about upgrading to get more minutes? Um, so you're not stuck at this cap every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just for, I, I wanted to quickly mention that uh, a couple of months back we had uh, Krishna, Krishna, who is the founder of fireflies on the podcast. And are you familiar with fireflies? It's a- I am personally not. Okay. It, it is a transcription tool. That's uh, it's, is a, it's a bot that, that attends meetings. It is mostly, for these types of use cases to transcribe a meeting, but they offer uh, in their free plan, it's up to 3000 minutes uh, per month. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, I, I do believe it's a, it's, it's more of a straight transcription tool. I think they have some, some summarization, but they, they're not really targeting developers. I think there's a much broader set of cases, but it's um, lots of different it's- types of roles. Okay, so it's specific for it's kind of like a meeting assistant that sits and then, for yes. example, this tool. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't even say that it's like a gong or a chorus because I think those are those companies are really focused on sales intelligence, revenue. I mean, gong calls it revenue intelligence, I think. Correct. Um, and yeah, chorus they're focused might... on a mm-hmm. uh, they're focused on a very specific use case and catered towards the end user of the product. Um, yeah. Versus something like Symbol, we target the developers and let them take it and build whatever. Tool. Mm-hmm. They can theoretically they can just build their own gong if they want to um, mm-hmm. with our platform. So, therefore, we're not and we are able to do that because you know our our uh, AI is not specific to a certain domain. We call it domain agnostic, meaning it can be applied to any use case because we're okay. we're completely focused on understanding natural human conversations, not a particular type of human conversation. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you all have really. Uh, focused on developers as your primary persona and in the same way gong, gong is certainly focused on the by by using the term revenue intelligence you you know that they're going after sales sales people sales managers um i think chorus is similar and and i think that there's a lot of there's a lot of room to play for a lot of these players i, I think you all could work with the gongs of the world too for their developers right i mean you all could you all could help people at those companies to build uh, to build better tools is that is that right? That's absolutely correct. Uh, someone uh-huh. like a Gong could have. Let's just pretend Gong is just thinking about us creating the product, and they don't want to invest in the AI, or it's too expensive, or they want to go to market faster. They can definitely work with someone like a Symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we are constantly tweaking and improving our models. Um, there's no training required because to start up an AI or ML model, it takes a lot of training, a lot of resources, and data scientists, as um, you probably know. Mm-hmm. But with us, you just plug into the APIs and start using. Um, obviously, we don't provide the front end and the user experience. That's totally on you and your product, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you know your users. I don't. <laughs> I just provide it. Well, Symbol just provides the AI part of it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And yeah, that way, you know, if, um, if you have the right people in place, you know, within months you can be up and running, um, and selling mm-hmm. your product. So for developers, is there, are there particular tech stacks that you all work better with? And if so, does that also affect the way that you segment your prospects or market to them based on the, based on underlying technologies that they're using? So I'm going to try to understand what you mean by tech stack. There are common platforms that our developer users do build on. And a lot of these are what are called RTE, real-time engagement, uh, or RTC, real-time communication. These are kind of the Twilio's, the uh, Agora's, and the Bonnages of the world. Okay. Um, they are already building some sort of you know, interactive application, a lot of it real-time. Um, and this is where Symbol fits nicely in kind of taking all of that, transcribing it, providing the intelligence and automating various other experiences within the application um, okay. because everything is focused on real time and communications, right? <laughs> Understood. What I'm getting at here is it do you have the ability to enrich a prospect in real time, understand, let's say, understand that they're using Agora. And you, let's say you've, got a, you've already got a really nice landing page that speaks to Agora the developers who are who are um, building on that platform, and I'm just imagining that would be a nice way to to segment these types of prospects. Could you do that real time enrichment so that you could just serve an ad and a landing page that, to that person uh, in the moment, the, the moment that they're searching and clicking, that really speaks to their own unique technology? Uh I'm not sure what you mean by real time, but we definitely are working on, you know, more personalized and we know our developers do work on Agora. So we are, Mm -hmm. we haven't launched any of these yet, but we are working on a series of ads targeting people building on specific platforms Agora being one of them. And Mm -hmm. Agora is pretty unique because they are a partner of ours. Um, So we do know what some of the common use cases are. Um, Accessibility is a big thing for Agora and kind of their developers providing that experience to their end users. Uh, So live Mm -hmm. captioning is a big deal because not everyone can, you know, hear the conversation so they can see it yeah. in real time. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe I'll try to give an example of what I could imagine. And maybe, maybe you're doing it with LinkedIn ads. You could um, clearly you can target developers of, of, within different companies or different seniority or levels of experience um, based on job titles. If, if those lists were segmented with a, an enriched signal, like uh, all these developers and those companies are using Agora. And I, I'm not sure if a, if a tool like Clearbit or another type of enrichment tool could give you that, but I imagine that the, there are tools out there that can enrich a, a list of uh, prospects. Um, then you could serve through LinkedIn, you could serve very, very targeted ads, not only based on the, the role of a developer, but actually on, on the known fact that they're on Agora and they could see they can see an ad specifically to how, or even a case study of how one of some of your top clients who are are using Agora have built have built some amazing solutions on top of that with Symbol. Yeah, definitely clear bids. I mean, follow these guys are you know they're great for enriching enriching what you don't have, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But my experience is you know with these data providers, oftentimes they're not one hundred percent accurate either. So you take the risk mm-hmm. of serving someone an ad that's irrelevant. <laughs> so if I yeah. if I assume well based on what I got from Zoom Info or Clearbit saying, hey this 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 company works on Agora. They may mm-hmm. or may not, or they probably did it in the past because information has not been updated in their database. And we service that ad, then it becomes irrelevant. Um, okay. So what I'm trying to say, the point here is, we do take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I do use it just to see what kind of numbers I get back. Um, mm-hmm. 
But oftentimes it's just, you know, and that also narrows it down. If I say, here's a set of companies that Zoom Info gave me, it narrows down my targeting completely. <laughs> okay. Um, there might be other ones out there using Agora that now I'm not targeting because Zoom Info doesn't have that information. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you all use LinkedIn ads? Uh, we have not been running any ads yet. Um, majority of our efforts are really um, relying on um, scaling organic um, and okay. also our DevRel kind of extension of our engagement efforts. Uh, but this coming quarter, that's when we're experimenting and activating a lot more paid channels. So okay. uh, if we do talk again later, I'll definitely have more insights for you on, on that. Yeah. But we do post a lot on various channels, um, just sharing organic kind of content, not so much of like, hey, sign up with us now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally understand that. I think you've got to, well, educating your audience is a critical part of it. The top of the funnel is, uh, yeah, needs to be nurtured. And, and I think that you're, you're doing something very specific. And if you go straight to, let's say, paid search at the bottom of the funnel and you bid against a conversion and inte- conversation intelligence as a keyword, then right away you're, you're in a shark tank. You're competing with Gong and, and, uh, I don't know, a couple of dozen other big players with, with huge budgets. Yeah. And, and you also don't really know if that's a developer. So if somebody searches for that term, the chance of them being really the developer persona who you want, well, you don't know. And it's probably pretty slim. So inferring, yeah. inferring from a search term, being able to infer that this is a developer who, who you really want to get in front of. I think that's very hard on paid search unless maybe you, you found another way to uh, approach that. Well, we've been doing research on our own and you, you do, try to search for conversation intelligence. You also see things like conversation null intelligence, uh, which oftentimes refers to a chatbot solution. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, obviously, they were there first and they get to use whatever term they want. Um, but in mm-hmm. reality, it's really just a chatbot. And also, there's a lot of academic-related topics around conversation and intelligence that are not AI or technology. It's just a study of how people have conversations. Um, so you mm-hmm. run into those kind of issues. Yeah. So I think really the smart way to break it down is really the specific problem that they're trying to solve within kind of the three layers I've um, briefly mentioned to you within conversation intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So in that case, it sounds like paid search is never really going to be a great channel because the parsing out the intent, these keywords are complicated. Just conversation intelligence, like you pointed out, there's a lot of academic inferences and types of intent around that that have nothing to do with a, any, any type of business or commercial intent. So, um, Well, I wouldn't say never. We haven't tested the waters uh-huh. yet. But if we focus on specific use cases within conversation intelligence, so mm-hmm. for example, transcription is a very commonly used term for speech-to-text. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we do provide that as part of our platform or conversation topics, believe it or not, even though that sounds like a very general term, that is a commonly searched term for developers to say, can we organize all of our current transcripts and topics? Um, mm-hmm. Sentiment analysis. So again- Yeah, that's a big sentiment. one. Yeah. yeah. But the words conversation intelligence is not part of that search term. It's just sentiment analysis or conversation analytics. That's, I mean, that's not an economic term anymore. That's really specific to how mm-hmm. do we analyze conversations. Yeah. Um, and user intent and keyword spotting, these are all really common you know, search inquiry, search queries, I, I would say, um, yeah. for, you know, what we sell. So, well, actually something just dawned on me and maybe, maybe I could be wrong here, but I'm assuming you all, you all are using your own tool to, to record and, and understand your own conversations and support, support conversations with your clients. Is that right? 
I personally don't. I don't really talk to customers too often, um, but mm-hmm. our sales team definitely does. They record. I mean, they show it yeah. in real time, right? <laughs> the transcript pops up yeah. on the screen. It shows them all the key topics that were discussed, all the follow-ups mm-hmm. get generated and emailed to them, the salesperson, automatically. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it saves the salesperson a lot of time. I mean, in a way, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a meeting assistant, but on steroids a little bit. And on top of that, yeah, the yeah. real-time experience itself, it shows the prospect who are interested in our technology, how it works in real time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking about the support guys because the support guys are on on the phone or they're on, um, I don't know, Zoom calls with the customers who are developers. And if those conversations are, are recorded, transcribed, and then mined for keywords, then maybe those are, maybe that's the gold mine of PPC actually is to mine is to mind that the best phrases that are being used that would indicate that this is only a phrase that a, a developer who's quite familiar with Twilio or Agora or something, this is an inside inside term that only these guys throw around and therefore this is this could be a great search term. Both oh, yeah. for organic, yeah. it might be for the next blog post that you write, or it could also be a keyword that you throw into the paid search campaigns. Yeah, generating topics for SEO use is definitely a use case. Um, yeah, I can't tell you which customer is doing that, but it's definitely a use case. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. yeah, that sounds really interesting because then you're actually using your product to improve your own marketing, uh, which is great. Yeah, um, there's also other use cases we are kind of exploring on the DevRel side is using something like a segment. Are you familiar with what segment is? Yeah, I am. Okay, so you know, segment takes data in from multiple sources, right? Um, mm-hmm. oops, sorry. And you know, with that, they can also pipe that data to various other outlets to be used. For example, in this case, we're trying to explore the idea of can segment take customer and prospect data from a supports uh, a support center, a call center, sales calls. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, webinars, etc. Places where marketing normally don't get data from, and take that data and transfer it in pipe it into Marketo or Salesforce mm-hmm. to automate certain <laughs> nurture campaigns or queues or workflows. Um, it's a, it basically opens up a whole new channel of different data types that we can actually use that marketing people normally don't pick out of, right? Um, mm-hmm. How often times do you hear a marketing person say, yeah, I'm going to listen to all the support conversations? Well, one, it's impractical. Two, a lot of people don't really do that. <laughs> um, but yeah. if we can set up what we call trackers and we track specific key information, um, if someone's... Mm-hmm. A, as an example, if someone calls in, hey, look, I'm my device sucks and I'm looking to get a new one, then obviously this this is a very simple use case. It triggers it and it goes into Marketo. Marketo triggers out an email in real time saying, hey, look, do it now and get 20% off. Um, obviously, you know, it's not that simple, but it, mm-hmm. that that theoretically is a use case, right? Or if yeah. someone's about to churn, you know, can we offer you, you know, free credits or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Or if someone has questions about particular feature sets and we can obviously add them to a retargeting list automatically saying, hey, go check out these other features the next time you're on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was also, just to get back to this notion of uh, first party data, if you can identify signals of, let's say, some someone that creates a transcript is clearly a higher value, has a higher predicted value, future value as a customer than one of your other freemium customers that does not, or that's just simply inactive in the platform. Yep. And so what if, wouldn't it be nice if your acquisition marketing could be aimed only at those users that were going to be creating transcripts in their first 24 hours after signing up? Um, have you all, have you all thought about 
turning those into the conversion events rather than just just, just onboarding you know boatloads of free users and then observing them the, um, the behavior so that you could eliminate the wasted spend that's going towards what it sounds like maybe 60-ish percent of those freemium users are, are generally inactive and will never will never be upgraded. But they were well, acquired and, and some of them probably acquired through, through, through real ad spend or through, um, there was a real cost of acquisition associated. Yeah, so it was, again, it's one of those yes and no questions, uh, answers to this question is, <clears throat> you're absolutely right. It helps us kind of funnel out all the more active, more interested, more engaged users in the freemium plan, right? Um, but mm-hmm. two, also at the same time, um, Symbol.ai also works with other transcription providers. So a lot of these might have their own transcription providers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, using Amazon or Google is very common right, with developers. And they just wanted the intelligence piece. So that's something else okay. we have to look at. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then oftentimes, you know, people sign up and it's not because they don't see value in it. They just, I mean, think about how many times we sign up for tools and we just forgot to use them. <laughs> Sometimes it just takes Oh, a yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Practically every week, I think for me, but uh, right, um, yeah, I, I like I like to get my hands on a lot of things, and I lose track. Yeah, I think I think we're a lot of us are in this boat now. Um, yeah, so we some, some speaking of conversion about. points, we do look at you know um, signups. Obviously, the first point, the second point is active uh, within mm-hmm. a certain certain time range. So okay. that's more and more of the focus. It's not so much of if someone uses transcription or not. Um, obviously, it's a key indicator, but also just being active in general because we mm-hmm. we have a whole suite of APIs. Some some people might just come and only use the summarization API because they have their own transcription provider. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe even something as simple as just the size of the company. Is that, I mean, the, the larger the company, isn't that a pretty good indicator of, a, Absolutely. of lifetime value? <laughs> Absolutely, uh, leading indicator for sales to engage. Actually, yeah, we offer pay as you go, and oftentimes with pay as you go, you know, if you go past a certain number of minutes, it may end up being not as cost effective uh, for mm-hmm. some some companies. So we do offer larger volume discounts, larger yeah. company meaning larger application, larger larger user base. Because um, the way we charge is the amount of conversations processed. So assuming you're yeah. a big company, you also have a lot of customers. And naturally, with a lot of customers, you probably have a lot of conversations you need to process. So that requires a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do offer, you know, you know, more personalized pan- plans based on what how you're using it and how many minutes you're using um, mm-hmm. our platform for. Yeah. So absolutely, company size. So are you for those those big whales, those enterprise prospects? Do you take a different approach, maybe something like an account based marketing approach? To acquire yeah, them. we definitely do. Um, it's a bit more personalized and more engaging. Um, mm-hmm. We we do run nurtures in the background, and a lot of it is based on solution use cases, not so much of how the tech works. It's how what you can do with this tech. Um, okay. So, uh, live captioning is not about the technology; it's about what you can actually do with the technology, right? Um, yeah. Auto summarizing your meetings again. The summarization API part of it is how it works, but. The summarization of a meeting is the output. They're more focused on that. Or how do we use conversation intelligence for telehealth in general? Um, a lot of that's just focused on a very, you know, business type of use case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is different with messaging. And then two is, you know, obviously it's a bit more personalized, right? Because we know now they're in this type of business. This is the company they are. Um, we also trap all of developers within that company using our platform, see what mm-hmm. they're working on and kind of tailor messaging based on that as well. Yeah. Are you familiar with this uh, concept of land and expand in marketing? Yeah. 
a lot of developer platforms are um, kind of heading towards that direction. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's um, that is also the strategy we are you know trying to scale up on as well. A lot of them come in as developers, and mm-hmm. the reason for this, a lot of developers are not just influencers anymore. A lot of them are also decision makers when it comes to developer tools. In this case, mm-hmm. we do see ourselves as a developer platform, and I mean, you're not required to sign a contract or engage in a million dollar deal to start using us, right? You can pay mm-hmm. five bucks if you want, if that's, I mean, that's silly, but you can do that. <laughs> Buy $5 of credit and start using the platform. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah I, I guess that, that, that uh, more and more of these developers do have the ability to make some, some of their own decisions. And um, it's always a lot easier when the decision maker is uh, not someone like a CFO who's almost unreachable <laughs> through, through or, marketing. Yeah. Or they may not even understand how APIs work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of them are pretty technical, uh, especially the ones we deal with. But oftentimes, the CFO is the CFO, right? Uh, even the CEO mm-hmm. themselves, maybe this is a business guy. Mm-hmm. They, they're in turn, they're going to rely on the developer to say, hey, look, this is the tool we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Well, um, so what you, are most of your efforts focused on trying to go for the volume or to go for the really, really high value enterprise prospects? So, you know, we're kind of at the early stages of our efforts. A lot of it is volume, just so we have enough data to say, look, these are the, mm-hmm. these are the segments and users that are of high value. And these are the ones that maybe we should stop wasting resources on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not to mean to, not mean to put it in a harsh way, but there are often times where people just sign up just to sign up. They don't do anything. They're not even a developer, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're still at that stage of more generating volume, but at the same time, we're also looking into data on a data basis to see who or for what reason why someone would use or convert. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Do you have any incentive programs for developers that refer X number or something like that, or affiliate programs? Not officially, but sometimes we have more active members within our community. We proactively reward them with some swag. Uh, developers love swag. You know, we have breaded hoodies and t-shirts and stickers and whatnot, yeah. right? Um, it's a fascinating culture of people loving that kind of stuff. And, you know, they appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, they didn't ask for it, but we said, hey, look, hey, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, when they're, on the, when, they're on the, when they're on their work calls wearing your hoodie, you know, that's a, that's a potential conversation. I think this is one of the also really cool viral aspects of these types of technologies is that you, you do, you still do because of, I don't know, GDPR or CC, CC, what was the California version called? Um, well, anyway, because of privacy reasons, you do need to always inform people that, Hey, this call is going to, is being recorded. And that's always an opportunity for, uh, for somebody to refer, if um, if you say hey, we're we're recording this, we're um, we're using we're using um, symbol AI, and you know there's a, there's a potential referral in a lot of cases. If it's if it's developer to developer conversation, I think there's a lot of natural virality that could happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I remember from from the Fireflies discussion. I think this was a major a major channel for them too which is just introducing Fred, who's the name of the, that's the default name of the transcription bot who's joining these calls. Um, but you know, in, in most cases, you do need to make the other party aware that, hey, Fred is on, he's the transcription bot. And then then the person on the other end says, oh, what, that's cool. What, what What is that? Or what company is that? And then, and there you go. Then you've got, actually, you have a very natural viral referral happening. 
Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, the same thing happens with developers. A lot of times, <clears throat> developer marketing, you know, there's a whole kind of, I guess there's a whole community building aspect to it. When all your peers are using a set tool, then you're more inclined to be like, hey, look, you know, I am also, and they develop this connection with the tool. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, some of these examples would be like GitHub, for example. Everybody uses GitHub. There's GitHub is not the only tool that provides, you know, set services, right? Um, Postman, another API testing tool. Again, you know, there's a huge following just because it was easy to use and their peers love it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So with that, I think it's not, you know, what is how much money you're spending on ads is what kind of connection do you have with your audience? Uh, mm -hmm. I know that's a very abstract statement I just made, but it, that is the truth, right? For a developer to cont continuously use and support what you're doing and talk about it, that is a mm -hmm. huge part. Um, of marketing. Yeah. Uh, I certainly appreciate the community aspect here. Uh, we, we had uh, recently, we had Guillaume, the, the founder of Lemlist uh, on, this is a uh, sales, sales engagement tool. And they've put a huge amount of effort into building a community on Facebook, which is something that almost none of their competitors seem to be doing. But that community drove so much organic growth for them before they even spent a dollar on any paid ads. And that allowed them to really establish a very solid foundation on the back of that community, and and it gave them it gave them a big head start with organic growth. And then later they started to to introduce paid advertising into the mix, but the pressure was so much lower then because um, the overall blended customer acquisition cost, when you got a significant portion coming from your organic efforts, which is ultimately for them driven by the community you can actually afford to, to pay even more on the paid acquisition side because you're still managing, really you're just managing the blended CAC here. So it gives them an advantage later on. And, um, and I think with developers, it's even more so the case that they're, they're naturally drawn to communities. They want to, everyone wants to be using the latest and greatest tool or technology or platform that's out there. And, and once you break through and you become that, that brand that everybody's talking about and there's buzz, I think that's, that's the ultimate success for for you guys is, is yeah, to be the github uh, of conversation intelligence yeah i mean we our growth has solely relied on a lot of our community kind of engagements um also it's a source of validation right if someone's working on a similar project hey this totally works i've tried it out you know yeah. you should try to check it out instead of oh the marketing ad told you who cares you may or may not believe it right <laughs> yeah i think there's even a pride of developers who like to think that they found something without being without that thing being marketed to them correct you know yeah not being so mainstream yet yeah right right mm -hmm. so that subculture certainly tapping into that is is really key for for you all um awesome well william this has been great um is there anything that i didn't ask you that you wished i would have asked you or is there any anything else that you'd like like our audience to know um, no, uh, thank you for this opportunity to speak with you and no, it's been great, a great conversation. Awesome. So I, I guess that uh, we, we're going to have a recording and I'd love to see, see a transcription later and, um, uh, I wish you all the best. It looks like you all have some really cool tech and it's a, it's a hot space. So, um, I'm sure exciting times ahead for you and, and for symbol AI. Yeah. If you're ever interested in kind of building your own personalized kind of, you know, UI with, you know, summarization and topics and questions and whatnot. I mean, you probably do these calls all the time. Um, you mm -hmm. know, 
just uh, ping us. We'll definitely help you set that up. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell people where they can find you and, and Symbol online? Yeah, Symbol.ai is our URL, also our brand name. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Simple Dev, um, and also on LinkedIn. You can find us Symbol.ai on LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. Facebook. And we are, you know, um, we have our own GitHub repos. Um, you can also find us on GitHub. We have a lot of cool demo apps that we've already created, um, not just us, also the developers in our community have created a bunch of cool apps that people can, you know, fork off of or play with, uh, check out how things work. We have a bunch of Postman collections built. Um, if you're really just interested in the API and just testing out the APIs quickly, we have a bunch of Postman collections. Great. Use, yeah. I just want to clarify too, for those listening, that symbol is spelled S-Y-M-B-L without the O. So it's- That is uh, correct. That, that's, a, that's an important thing to note. And uh, that'll make it a lot easier to find you guys on all, on all the platforms. Good catch so, on that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I'm yeah, I'm glad, always glad to help there. But uh, I think it's a cool, um, it's a it's a cool spin. It's a cool spin on the word symbol, and uh, yeah, I really I really do like the brand that you all are building, and um, I have I have a good feeling that uh, you all are headed for some great success ahead. So yeah, thanks for spending come. yeah yeah thanks for spending the time with me today, William, and and wish you all the best. Yep, thank you. All right. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about SaaS growth marketing, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P, dot online. Have a great day.